welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, do we have an exciting episode today? We're going to annoy a lot of people. We really are. <laughs> and that's one thing we really, we don't pride ourselves in doing, but we're not above, well, I, I like a good trolling from now and then. But no, I mean, we don't we don't shy away from like ideas. It's like, we, we've been over this on the last episode that we filmed, yep. is that we talked about what games would benefit from having app integration. Let's highlight the ones that already do and do it well, and let's talk about why they do. So first off, if you're a, if you're one of the board gamers, if you're one of the board gamers that uh, don't like apps in your board games, well, get up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Still watch our podcast, please. Listen. Because maybe you might agree with us. You yeah. know, um, our friend Illuminous is joining us uh, in our chat, so we'll be chatting with you, of course, as always. Thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, I mean, we do we have any friends um, in any of our game groups that are kind of. That are that are of that mindset, I don't. I know of one person that was part of our game group that definitely does not like it. But um, ah uh, no, I can't think of anybody who isn't. And um, so we have one mutual friend who likes that kind of idea because he's very big into computers. Right. Um, we have another friend who just loves the games. In fact, uh, one of the games on my list. So this was actually kind of a difficult list for me. Yeah. So when my honorable mentions, I got one game I played, and the rest are. Um, just stuff I have to right. uh, talk about that I want to play that looks interesting to me because most of them were one game that's already on our yeah. list. <laughs> there, so there was one. I, I debated whether I wanted to include timer apps. Um, mm. like So like Nuclear War, for example, has an app that you can yeah. spin it. It's not required for the game. When I think digital hybrid, I think that it is absolutely necessary. You need necessary. to get the app to function. Yes. Right. And so like... Like, one shout-out that I was going to do, um, like Fuse, for example. You yeah, don't yeah, need yeah. the app, but it's great. It's um, amazing. But Bullet, I was like, can I justify a soundtrack being digital? <laughs> yeah, that's all it really is. Because <laughs> it really adds to the flavor to it. But at, at the same time, I mean, I can't. Like, yeah. It's just a soundtrack. No no different than putting ambiance to something. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> no. No, I, I can't. Yeah. So, sorry. But this is a fun episode. But not just because of that. You told me some great news right before we got on the podcast today. Why don't you tell people what we're talking about? Uh, which news is that? The the thing that's, you know, hanging around? Maybe. Okay. So, uh, my wife just was randomly shopping and saw something. She sent me a picture and be like, hey, why don't you give this for a giveaway? And so, I'm like, first off, I'm like, wait, what? You're, you're asking us to do a giveaway on yeah. our podcast yeah. that you don't listen to. <laughs> right? She's like, I'm supportive in my own way, yeah. and this is it. So uh, we have a copy, sealed copy of just one. Um, we're not starting the giveaway on this episode, so pay attention for the next episode because it is going to be started. We have to go through the logistics. Uh, what we're going to do for this um, one, yeah, it is not digital, that's right, but uh, we are going to be giving away. That's why we're not starting the giveaway on this one. We're just announcing it on the digital hybrid. So, again, the way we like to do our, our giveaways, uh, you'll be contacting us. We'll give you future keywords for it, but enough of that now. Listen to our future episodes. You have mm -hmm. a chance to win just one, and guess how many we're giving away? Just one. So, <laughs> if you want a chance to win this, God. it's such a great game. We've ranted about it before. We've debated. I'm, it's I'm awesome. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I'm so and sorry. And neither am I. We stand our ground. All right. So this episode, 
We're talking. We're gonna have another one of our great top eight debates. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be uh, arguing which is the best digital integrated game or uh, digital hybrid game, as yes. they're called, part board game, part digital. Um, but before we get into that, Daniel, yeah, what was... have you been playing lately? Uh, so, like always, we like to do like two games on this list for this. Uh, first one I want to talk about is something we've played before. Uh, it's been a while. I just recently saw that in my um, at uh, speaking of an app, my where I keep uh, my statistics, everything for every play. Mm-hmm. I saw it. It's been like two years. I think it was like twenty twenty last time we played this game. Oh wow! And so I busted out. I got a copy for myself finally after two years, uh, and I took it over to uh, mine and my wife's friend's house to play it and try it, and we played it. Uh, two times that day because they really, really enjoyed it, uh, and that was Fantasy Realms. Ah, uh, yes, Fantasy little, Realms. Quick little card game where you're just playing seven cards. It, well, you're scoring only seven cards, and the the way the game is, you draw up a card either from the discard pile or from the top of the deck, and try just to match all your points and get as many points as you want. Uh, but you do have to discard one of those cards of the seven or the eight in your hand. One of them has to be discarded. Once the discard pile reaches 10 cards, the game is over. You score up. Whoever has the most points wins the game. It's that simple. Oh, my God. I forgot how simple this was. How phenomenal it was because it plays so quickly. I think we played it like in 10 minutes or so. So had a great time playing it. I could see why some people saying uh, because like, Red Rising took a lot from that. And they even mm-hmm. admit that they, they got the idea from Fantasy Realms. Right. I could see why some people was like, if... I like Fantasy Realms. Why do I need to pick up Red Rising? And I'm like, I, I'm fine with both. One's a little bit more complex than the other. Right. So with Fantasy Realms, if I want to play a simpler, quicker game, I'll bust out Fantasy Realms. If I want to play something that has a little more substance to it, yeah, then I'll probably play uh, Red Rising. So, yeah, that was my first one, Fantasy Realms. Yeah, great choice. Yeah, I, you know, a number of months ago, we actually sat down and played. My wife finally played it for the first time because I don't even own a copy. Mm-hmm. We're at a board game cafe, Snakes yeah. and Lattes over in uh, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, this is a simple enough card game. And she understood it, no problem. And we played it. She was like, yeah, it was okay. Like, <laughs> but, but isn't it creative how it works? And you're like, eh, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Like, All right. And I hadn't played it since. <laughs> So I felt a little bad. I want. I was excited about the Star Trek version of it because I am quite a Star Trek fan. I thought it'd be great, um, but so far the reviews have been questionable. Really? Yeah. And uh, Illuminist answer to respond to you. Yeah, I still have yet to play Red Rising. Anyway, what I've been playing lately. Hmm? Rising Sun. Red Rising. Rising Sun. Same you played Red Rising. I played Red Rising. <laughs> <laughs> so give give me that much. No, sorry about that. Uh, so. The first game I want to talk about that I've been playing lately, I bought it as soon as I had the chance to. Nope. I am a big fan of this IP uh, from my childhood. I'm not going to emphasize it too much. It's the goofy movie, the board game, made by Prospero Hall. If we listen to... Anyway. Don't so get us to monetize. Not... <laughs> We're not monetized in the first place, so I'm not too worried about that. No, that this... Don't get us banned. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We, we played this... Um, we play, you and I played this real yep. quick. It plays super fast. Yeah, Fun especially for game. two players. Yeah, two players, it's super easy. Because um, we went on the opposite sides of the board. You yeah. went south, I went north. Exactly. There's basically five different cards. There's like cactuses, which are worth a point each, and then are tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, the perfect cast, which is fishing poles. 
which is for every pair, those is three points. Yeah. And essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect these different sets of cards, score points in different ways, and then race to the other side of the country where the Powerline concert's going to be. Yeah. Super fast game. Um, the way it works is really neat because you can get up to two of those memory cards each turn. Mm-hmm. And the way you do it is everyone has a set of movement cards. I believe 12. And I think it's the numbers 1 through 12, but different colors. Colors, yeah. Everyone reveals that. And each player who played the highest number of each color gets to take the card of that color. And whoever played the lowest number gets to move first. So. Exactly. So from the lowest number up, that's the players who play first. So um, uh, most of the cards will say move one space, move one space. But some of the lower numbers might say move one or two spaces or move two spaces. You move around the board. If you land on a colored pin, you take the card in that slot. If you roll a, or land on the die, you roll the die, which may move Goofy and get you a bonus card. Mm-hmm. Or it may move Powerline, which mostly is the gonna, end game trigger. Yeah. Mostly going to move Powerline. Mostly going to move Powerline. Or you can land on some bonus tokens where you get to look at both of them, take one, and leave the other one for another player to pick up if they want. Yeah. Um, finally, whoever gets to the Powerline concert first gets 20 points and 15, 10, 5. And those are given to whoever gets there first. Mm-hmm. Very simple game. Definitely family friendly. I played this not only with you and I. I played mm-hmm. this with my Friday group. They all seem to like it. And I showed it off at our shop. During which I got the employees to play the soundtrack <laughs> over the store speakers man were people hyped on this see i was tempted to put the movie on this way uh-huh. my wife could watch something while we were doing something oh, but i, I would figured love we'd it. be distracted watching the movie instead of playing the games <laughs> i would i mean i'm a, like this is one of my favorite i i can't wait till prospero hall eventually does uh sword in the stone the board game i don't i'm assuming they're gonna do it at some point because that would be amazing but right now this is definitely knocks off that tick of just nostalgia factor. The game has great components. It's not expensive. It's yeah. a fun little nifty little set collection game. That die is very chunky too. That that die is like a 24 millimeter die that's like transparent, has sparkles in it. It's crazy. Great components. Um, yeah, just overall, just a really good, uh, a good package. And also on top of that, the board, the player board. On the back of it, it looks like a Powerline movie poster. Yeah, it does. I showed this to a group at the shop, and they were like, I would frame that. <laughs> I was like, then you couldn't you play. play. <laughs> but you should buy two so you can. <laughs> and it's still cheaper than a poster sometimes. It, so. Yeah, it is. No, it, it's a great game. Uh, Goofy Movie, the board game. All right, so my next game, and Goofy Movie is a, a really good game. Uh, probably not my favorite Prospero Hall game. No, it's not but, mine either. But, but it, it's really good. It, it It's benefited because I'm such nostalgic about that movie. Well, see, I like that movie a lot, too. I um, used to watch it uh, when I was younger, as well as watching it with my nephews when they were younger. So it's been intriguing yeah. to see them finally make a board game. And this is the thing about Prospero Hall, too. They're bringing, like, some of the old stuff. So yeah. you have uh, Rear Window. Rear Window. The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer, Shining. Yeah. yeah. All these all these IPs, the Warriors. It kind of, kind of feels weird for me calling the stuff from the 90s old stuff. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm old. So. so if it makes you feel any better, when, when we're at the shop, there was uh, this mother and their two kids. And they came up and they looked at it. And they're like, what's this? I was like, oh, it's it's a movie based on the, the or it's a game based on the movie. And they're like, oh, that's cool. I was like, do you guys want to sit down and play? And both the kids were like, we don't know what that is. I was like, oh, yeah. ouch, yeah. ouch. I was like, this is a movie from 
wow, twice your age before you were born. Yeah. Jeez. Like, 93 or something. Yeah, well, it wasn't 93. It was uh, mid-90s, because 93 was the year of Flying King. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so. yeah, it wasn't much for maybe 96, 97, maybe? Uh, I want to say, like, 95. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't... Sounds about right, like, mid-90s, so... Exactly. And these kids hadn't even been conceived yet. It's crazy. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah, you you think that's bad? If you go to bars nowadays, I know you don't drink, but if you get carded, they just hand your your thing back to you now because they're like, I saw the one. The yeah. one what? Yeah, the 19. <laughs> the one like, before that. I saw 19 and then a hand of the card back. <laughs> no, they don't even tell you that. They say, I saw the one. Yeah. One what? I was born in 84. Yeah, no, the one that starts your year. I'm like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's all they had to look. Yeah, it's like, that's it. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. That hurts, that hurts a lot. So, uh, moving on to my second game, and speaking of app integration, this one actually has app integration for it, but you don't need it. In all honesty, I played it without the app. I was like, I didn't want to deal with like the website, or if I'm going to have to physically download something off that isn't on the Play Store or anything like that. And I'm like, it can't be that hard. It's just a, it's a basic deduction game. Mm-hmm. And so, set it up, you have a card, we flipped it, it tells us our clues, we play it, and a buddy won, like, or my buddy won. And this was cryptid. Oh man, we wanted to play this on, uh, when we played yeah. the Goofy movie. You and I sat down, and we're like, let's bust out cryptid, and, and three to five players. players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we, both of us were a little sad about that, but I was like, oh, you know what, I'll take this Saturday. Because yeah. it, it seems like it's simple enough. Yeah. That it, Which made you feel better and me still sad. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's like, it's basically, you ask, you could do t- one of two things on your turn. You can ask one other player a question, and it's basically, can the creature be here? That's okay. all you ask them. And they have discs, and they have cubes. Cubes mean no, and discs mean maybe. Because you're trying, everybody gets their own clue. I have my own clue, my wife had her own clue, and our two friends had their clue. And so when I asked the friend that was across from me, and I said, uh, could he be here? And he put a cube. That tells me flat out it's a no. And then after you ask your question, since they gave you information, you have to give everybody else information. And so you have to place a cube, your nose, on the board telling him that the beast cannot be here because based on your clue. And so... When you're playing normal mode, all the, the things about it is, can they be here? Um, your clues tell you it's within this uh, so many spaces. So it's within three from a white shelter, or it's within two from a predator, whether it's bear or cougar. It just mm-hmm. tells you it's two from a cougar. It tells you two from a bear. Uh, other ones could be like, it can be in the desert or water. And the advanced one can be the inverse, where it's like, it can't be in the desert or the water. So it just makes it a little bit more difficult when you're trying to find two things. And so the second thing that you can do on your, or the other choice that you can make on your turn is a search. And you're going to say, you take the little pawn, and you're going to be like, I'm going to search here. And so it goes around the table, so it goes clockwise. The person before uh, next to me places a disc, possibly could be there. Next person places a disc possibly can be there third person in a four-player game if they place the disc i win okay. but if anybody whether it's the first player the second player or the third player places a cube it means it's not there your turn's over move on to the next so i'm sitting there thinking okay i think i know where it is because we all just kind of zeroed in on one little the center of the map because i'm like i kind of think i know what his clue is 
I know what my clue is. I don't know what these two clues are. Because okay. both of those clues actually worked against each other and just narrowed into one location. Because uh, uh, you have desert, swamp, water, and mountains. Okay. And so it zeroed in. Both of them had one location. It could be within one person said like mountain and desert and the other person said like desert and swamp. <laughs> and okay. so it's like, ah, what's going on here? And so I'm zeroed in. I think my buddy's clue is it's got to be within a cougar predator when it was actually his clue was to uh, a bear predator. Oh, I see. And so we were all zeroed in on one spot. And so we were running out of yeses and nos, and you can't take anything off the board. So we had to play like the honor roll and be like, no, it cannot be there. Because I ran out of cubes because I was placing them all across the board. Because partially when you're placing them, you don't want people to zero in from your clues. So my clue was like over here, and it was over here, and it was over here, and it was over here. Because my clue was I, it could be within three of a certain structure. Okay. And so we're just placing them all over the map. And so my buddy is like, oh, you know what? And he places, can it be here? And we put all discs around, and he got it correctly. That's cool. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. In fact, we for us to remember where all our nose were, we busted out the player color that we weren't using. So red was going across the board this way. If we can't say no, we just place it there. Okay. <sighs> That's that. I mean, that sounds like fun to me. Oh man, I, it, I was, was really it was so good. I had a great time with it. I, I'm like, I want to play it again. That's how much I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was cryptid. Well, if if I were able to play tomorrow, we would. <laughs> um, fortunately, I'm not. So, uh, the last one I wanted to talk about was yet another Disney movie, and I had a story to tell you about it. So, I have my my normal Friday game nights, right? Yeah. And we had a contingent of four players today. Okay. okay? And um. We, we brought out Disney Jungle Cruise, because I just recently got that, you know, a few months ago, and read through the rules real quick, set it up, and have you ever been to the, have you done the Jungle Cruise? No, I have not done the Jungle Cruise, I have played the game. Okay, so I have done the Jungle Cruise in real life. I, I, and I've, I've seen the movie. I have not, okay. Uh, and then, I know of the Jungle Cruise. Um, right, and it's I hard not to know about it, right? Yeah, well, the thing is, I think I may have been on it when I was younger, okay. but I've only been to Disneyland once when I was, like, five, so it was, like, yeah, 89, so, so I don't that. even know if it was there. So, and then the other time, we just went to Star Wars World. <laughs> right. The The whole premise of the Jungle Cruise, and this is just flat out what, puns, what I remember. Puns, puns, puns. It, it's... So the the skippers are the ones giving you the tour, mm-hmm. and so you're on this boat tour of some of a mock Amazonian forest, right, mm-hmm. of this jungle, and there's so many animatronics, and it's all just designed to be completely silly, you know, like you'll have like one where like the guy is hanging on like a, a mm-hmm. palm tree, and like a rhino is like hitting it, like a, like a ranger is like shaking, you know, and, and you can tell it's obviously fake. But what makes this a fun, enjoyable ride is, yes, it's about the puns, right? But really what makes it fun is the fact that the people who do the skipper job, who are telling the jokes, do it, do so many jokes so fast that half of them go right over your head and Mm. they're knocking them out. Boom, boom, joke, 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 joke. And it's absolutely incredible to watch because these people act like, you know, they trained (laughs) <laughs> to have this whole banter, the whole bit straight down, you like you, they do it so fast you can't see the jokes are coming, even though you know the jokes are coming, right? And so it's a really fun ride, as long as you you go in expecting that, right? It's just yeah. it is top notch, absolutely absurd. So um, 
we we were playing uh, the game and we just had just started off and one of the rules in the game is like it's an important part of the job read the or read the jokes right mm-hmm. and so it made the game go way longer than it needed to be honestly oh, but yeah. as soon as you get through the deck you stop saying the jokes anyway so yeah, yeah. um one of the players um was like was reading the jokes quietly to themselves and at one point it was like do we have to read these jokes they're like, well, that's the whole point, you know, it's ridiculous. But I was like, you don't have to. No, it's fine. And they're like, okay, well, like, I was like, I mean, it does say it in the rules. Like, there's a reason for that. Yeah. And they're like, no, it doesn't. Show me where it says that. So open the rules. Section three, read lines one through three. And they read it. And they're like, all right. But, and I was like, again. You don't have to. Like, we're just, <laughs> we're just playing around. Yeah. And during that time, uh, we got into this really in-depth conversation and found out that Monopoly money is actually seven times the exchange rate of the Iranian real. Like, we found out how valuable a Monopoly dollar is. And it's like point zero 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 two three of a U.S. dollar. Okay. And it's probably because just the paper it's printed on. Well, so the way we've learned about this <laughs> is because it's about $20,000 worth of Monopoly money. And a replacement pack of the Monopoly money is $3.50. <laughs> so we were able to calculate the exchange rate of a Monopoly dollar and found out it's seven times that of the Iranian real. Because the conversation we had was, I wanted to get a Monopoly board and and exchange the currency and play with real money. <laughs> but I couldn't afford U.S. dollars. No, yeah, way. no way. But if we had Iranian reals in here, <laughs> like, it it would be 50 cents to cover all of the Monopoly dollars or something like that. Like, it was just not even close. I was like, I'll pay 50 cents to have all the money. <laughs> or no, one U.S. dollar is like $40,000 of Iranian real or 40000 okay. Iranian real. So, long story short... We didn't realize this, but as we're having this absurd discussion, um, our fourth player is still, like, kind of reading the cards. And we noticed that they were, like, holding their head. They're like, ah, oh, we're not feeling good, you know. And we're like, hey, are you okay? And they're like, no, like, I'm I'm not feeling good. I bet I better go lie down. We're like, wow, okay. All right, yeah, go ahead, you know. Yeah. And they lie down for a while. And so we just continued playing the game. And eventually halfway through the game... We had to drive them home, uh, which is, you know, a distance. Yeah. Um, but so we all went in the car, drove them home. And uh, when, when they were dropped off, you know, it was kind of it was kind of like quiet and awkward in the car. And so to break the ice, I said, well, I didn't think the jokes were that bad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> which, I was like, man, I, I've I've never heard of a. Of jokes like giving a headache that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great little tension breaker. And then we went back and we played the game. So long story short, the game is not bad. It it's okay. It's not yeah, great. It's not great. It's not bad. It does what it. What I do like about that is even though it's a roll and move, the you still draw four cards no matter what, and you only deal with as many as as you, spaces you move. So if yeah. I roll the die and I move two spaces. I still draw four cards because it can go up to four, and I deal with two of them. Yeah. Which gives an advantage to the players who are rolling low, but since it's also a race, there's an advantage to whoever rolls high. They just yeah. have to deal with more stuff. So 
that's a cool little give and take. Um, I don't know about the balance of it, but it's not a bad game. It's not bad. I, um, I didn't it's mind no goofy it. movie. Let's be real. <laughs> but I mean, if you like the absurdity of it, that'd be great. Um, the Venezuelan Bolivar. That's their um, currency. That's their currency. I wonder how much the exchange rate is on that. Either way, I want to get real money, real paper dollars. Yeah, I know. Uh, currency we had this discussion uh, not the last uh, game night, but the, the week before, because uh, you were be talking about and you were like, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> if we buy actual yen, because you were asking your wife if, since she has a certain card that gives you, yeah, we, we can do a <laughs> uh, like, coin currency exchange. Why? <laughs> Just out of the blue, it's like, hey, um. <laughs> okay i'm sorry i have to say this for illuminous all right so 100 us dollars is a barrel of bolivar like, yeah because they do it by weight uh it's like uh the original the reason why um british currency is pounds and stuff like that is because they used to do it by weight okay interesting a bear i wonder how much a barrel is like how many bills and or coins that would be like <laughs> Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I am very intrigued. I would <laughs> gladly spend $100 to have, like, a barrel, actual, of, money. A barrel of money. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's not bad. Their currency is usually... Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I mean, it's, it is what it is. But, hey, I'll buy it. <laughs> like, that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, long story short, that's... We played Disney Jungle Cruise. <laughs> and I had to share that story with you. Oh, man. So, let's get into our debate today. Our debate is our top eight games, digital hybrid Hybrid. board games. And so using either an app or a website is the main criteria. How does Board Game Geek describe this? Um, I had it up. I don't know what happened to it. Okay. Uh, Here it is. I got it right here. Okay, cool. Games in this familiar require by design the use of an electronic platform, such as a smartphone or a website, along with the physical components and pieces of a tabletop. The BGG Guide to Game Submission states that purely electronic items belong on VGG, but games that combine both physical and digital media are allowed on both Board Game Geek and Video Game Geek. And then it goes into the exclusions about it, but basically it just means uh, you need basically the app or a website to run the game. Right, exactly. And not just any electronic. That's not what it's saying. It's, yeah. it's any electronic that has probably a computer chip in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That, that should be interesting. And I like how they define that because there's actually one game on our list here that you don't use an app or a smart – well, you can use a smartphone. They don't recommend it. But it actually physically wants you to use actual computers. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and that one does a really good job of it. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, let's talk about honorable mentions real quick. Okay. Uh, right now, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Gatwick Games. They make the retro game series at the Gamma Trade Show. I was given this actually really pretty, really hefty coin, and I had just recently found it. So again, Gatwick Games, they have a retro game series. I know they're based off of like Nintendo, Super Nintendo style yeah. games, but this chunky coin is now our new coin of doom. So shout out to them. We want to give them, you know, quick shout out for this big chunky coin. So, um... Yes, let's talk about honorable mentions. Okay, sounds good. There's only one honorable mention on our poll from the audience, and that is from Henry, and he says Destinies. Yeah, which would have been on our list had either of us played played it. it, Yeah, Uh, I almost bought it when Nerds Deal of the Day was going on because it was like $30. Oh, wow. That's not a bad deal. Yeah, so 
it, I'm assuming that's Honestly, not a bad I think deal. it's normally like 40 or 50, so it wasn't okay. a massive one. Not like what I got. Um, uh, and Lumina says he didn't like Destinies. Um, where I got, oh, was it Lorenzo El Magnifico for $30, uh, $70 off? Yeah, that's, which is significant. <laughs> But that's it for their honorable mentions. So how about we start ours? Was there any comments that said it? Or no? uh, well, yeah, sorry. Um, there was this one, and then he didn't put it on there, but he mentioned that. All right. So uh, Henry, who Henry added Destiny, who added Destiny, said my definite my definite favorite of digital hybrids is Destiny's Mansions of Madness is also great. I see a lot of potential for future games as well. And that's the reason why we wanted to do this, because when we talked about last week about our games that could use app integration, we realized that we actually don't mind app integration in games because it helps out a really lot. Well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Joseph said XCOM. XCOM. Yep. Straight and simple as you need. All right. So let's see who talks about our honorable mentions first. Oh, that was a thunky. That was a thunk. That was a kathunk. Uh, it would be me, so let's talk about, so if this one was a little harder for me, like I was saying, because there's quite a bit of games, but a lot of the list was one game, Yeah. and we're talking about it in the top eight debate. So I had to put two games that I want to play that has app integration, because I, I really want to try these ones. And the first one I'm going to talk about is the most recent one, that they're finally rolling out the app. I don't know if it's on... Um, Android yet. I know it is on iOS, and that is my father's work. It is the most recent Kickstarter that came out. Uh, from my understanding, it's kind of like a worker placement. You're playing over three legacies or something like mm -hmm. that, and you're trying to complete works of, I want to say it's kind of like Frankenstein's monster. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing stuff like that. You're researching, you're labbing, you're using workers out there. It looks very interesting. Uh, they say you can play it without the app, but they wouldn't recommend it. So everybody was just waiting until the app comes in. And so I want to see how it is because it looks really good. The cover looks amazing. Yeah, it really does. And we've seen the components for our mutual friend owns the game. The components are through the roof in this game. Yeah. Yeah, no, that actually, no, I haven't seen the components yet. Yeah, you did. It was the ones that give you the little jars. <laughs> that's right those jars are really sweet that's right well yeah good choice uh my number three is an odd one that i i when i saw well, it, it wouldn't be uh, anything surprised. less for yeah. you yeah no this is i don't own this one anymore um and that's because it was, it was a fine game but what it did was actually a really funny idea it's called shop in time oh i and remember that one from mercury games the way it worked is that you had your your box which was part of the game and it would show you where to place your smartphone. Mm -hmm. And you had to have your camera hanging off of the side. And that's because what you're trying to do is you're trying to aim for a certain dollar and coin amount mm -hmm. without going over. Yep. And you can kind of assume how some stuff is priced. Mm -hmm. But the idea is once you get the, the correct cards, then you're going to scan them all in like you're buying something at you know a retail store. Scanning, them, scanning the barcodes. Ring, 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 ring. And then seeing what the final price was. Because it won't tell you the prices as you're ringing them up. It'll only say how much it's worth cumul or total. Yeah. So that will help inform your decisions later on. It was a simple idea. It was a fun little game. And it worked pretty well. I just, after we played it once, it just wasn't going to get any more play. Yeah. So it, it, was, it was cool fine. for what it was. But it was, it was neat while I had it. So that's Shop in Time. 
Yeah, so I, I really liked it a lot. Um, well, I, I don't know. That one was kind of hard for me. I was like, I yeah. liked what it was doing. But, I like the concept better than the game. Yeah, exactly. That's right. what I was trying to... You said it better than what I could yeah. do. No, it, exactly. You and I agree on that. It's like, we played it. It was fine. You don't... like the premise. It kind of reminded me of... Uh, you remember the old uh, Supermarket Sweep growing up, the the game show? Mm -hmm. It kind of reminded me that I wanted to get that feel, and it didn't give me that. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. It was more of a deduction kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Number two. That'll be me. I We're not high fiving. That's the coin. I hope that's not super loud. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's landing like perfectly flat on my palm, but still, my number two is a game that, um, uh, it, it without ninety percent of the game is the app, okay? Because in the container it has twenty four cards. That's it, and the rest is handled through the app. But what it does with the app is amazing. This is Echoes. And the way Echoes works is real simple. Is I it still got to get mine played? Yeah, the way it works is real simple, really neat. Um, I'm I'm a fan of Foley, like movie Foley, mm -hmm. um, sound effects. I've always loved doing that. I've always kind of wanted to be a I love Foley the artist. idea of it. Yeah, yeah. And so the way this works is essentially you have this large storyline. Um, you are given uh, a scenario of what happens of what you need to investigate. And you are going to collect these items, and these items have a thing called an echo. And so, whether it's whether you want to say it's spiritual or whatever, or you're doing a seance, it doesn't matter. But by scanning different items, they will give you a bit of the sound that will tell you the story of what they are involved in and why. Okay. And so, what I mean by that is um, the highest ranked one is the dancer, um, which I have played the dancer and I have played uh, the cocktail. Mm -hmm. I have not played the microchip yet, but I, I look forward to doing so. So you're given these six cardboard tiles, and then you have 18 um, cards that are the, about the same. And each one of these has an item. What you're trying to do is you're trying to sort out um, the six card, the six tiles. Each of those is the beginning of a chapter. Okay. And then uh, you only do nine cards at a time. And some of those cards, three of them will be in each... Uh, chapter so that each chapter is four items yeah one of which is the the very first one which is the title so you're trying to you scan it and it'll play you a clip of like this overarching storyline okay. and so you're trying to think of what is the context of what they're saying who does it sound like is speaking what are the background noises different or what sound effects are involved and you're trying to piece together the idea of which parts go together and how Okay. When you scan it, then you have to listen to the content of what they're saying, put them in order of of chronological what was actually happening, and once you've completed that chapter, you set it aside and you go on to the next ones. Okay. Once you've figured out all six chapters, then you have a much better understanding of the story, and then you piece together in the order, like which was the first chapter, second, third, fourth, and if you get all six, then you have unlocked the story, and it will play out for you. And, and all of the sounds, including the stuff that they cut out, you'll get to hear the entirety of the story and how it works. And this is not like an insignificant amount of time. It's like a 15-minute story. Okay. And the sound effects are really great. The atmosphere is really good design. And it's a $10 game. Yeah, I, I still got to play my copy. It's consumable. Yeah, once you've played it, you've played it. But, yeah, that but if is, you like Exit. Yeah, if you like Exit and you wanted that. 
Now, I have met people who are like, this is the most boring game ever. And I get it. I, I don't disagree. But I, being a fan of Foley, I love that idea. It sounds interesting. And it worked really well for me. That's hey, Echoes. So my number two game is the other one I haven't played that I put on my list here. But this one, I've been looking at this. I've been wanting to play it. I just haven't pulled the trigger and buying it. And this is a plot hat game that basically replaces what they were doing with like I think it's still a crossroad game but uh, replaces like the crossroad style of it what we were talking about for Dead of Winter this is that app integration that's Forgotten Waters um, this one looks really really good uh, I want to play this one a lot because it's kind of like story and it gets you all this in there and when you do something you have to put it in the app and it tells you the story or what's going on they have voice actors um, Roy Canada of the Dice Tower is actually part of that and so I want to play it because one I've wanted a really, really good pirate game. There's been few that I've enjoyed, but not a lot. I think Dead Men Tell No Tales is probably my favorite one, the Clean Clinko one. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, so this one looks pretty. I got to play Libertalia, my copy of it, the Stonemaier version. But this one looks good. I really, really want to get this one played. Yeah, I do too. Um, and Illuminous says probably top app integrated game, Robinson Crusoe. I've played First Martians, mm -hmm. which is based off of it, but yeah, I know. Uh, like the first like four scenarios are all about growing plants. Like, it's, <laughs> and he and uh, Ignacy Trevichek actually said that if he had to go back in there, he would focus a lot less on that and more of like making people be excited about being on Mars and stuff instead yeah. of just like creating right atmosphere for plant growing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was it was an okay game. But if I wanted to play a plant growing game, I play a farm game. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, uh, if this list. Hit number nine. Um, I'm pretty sure you and I would have had the same one. Okay. For our honorable mentions. So, I'll start us off. It's a game for one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Box one. <laughs> so By Neil Patrick Harris and Theory 11, who is known for their uh, playing cards. That's mm -hmm. what they're known for. But this production was so good. Oh, yeah. I, we can't give you too much details, but essentially it is a game for one, made by one. It's mm -hmm. made by Neil Patrick Harris. I recommend using a computer rather than like smartphones and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, the computer is better. Uh, it does need a computer. Mm -hmm. It does say like phone not needed or whatever, like somewhere on the box. But no, you absolutely need internet access. Yeah, you do need internet. There's a really big factor in that. Yeah. But um, spoilers aside, we're not going to go into spoilers, but uh, so, so good. So put in a little bit of premise, so hopefully this will get you guys excited. Um, it's not based around magic, like, and I'm not talking Magic the Gathering, I'm talking magicians. But Neil Patrick Harris, he is a magician. He's a professional magician. Yep. He was president of the Magic Castle in California for, for a number of years. Um, from Albuquerque. Yeah, he's from Albuquerque. But he, he's a professional magician. He actually, he, he understands the art like any other magician would. Yeah. And so he's involved in the in that. And Theory 11, on top of their playing cards, that's kind of what they're known for now. But they were a magic website for magicians and learning tricks and stuff. And so when they teamed up together to make this, I know they originally made a board game that wasn't that great, from what I understand. It had like a weird foldy board thing. Okay. Um, and I was curious about it, but it didn't look all that great. But So I was kind of hesitant going into box one, but I love escape rooms enough. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. When I played it, I called you, or I told you really soon after. I'm like, dude, for real, this is solid. You lent it to your business partner. I lent it to first. my business partner first, uh, my escape room business partner. 
He played it after I hounded him for a few a few weeks. He finally returned it. Thought it absolutely loved it. Then I gave it to you to play. <laughs> you hounded me for a few yes. weeks. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what it is. It's hard to get to the table, right? If you don't know what you're getting into, it was hard to get to the table at first. Yeah, especially because um, a lot of times I do solo, but I don't solo as much as right. I should, especially since I'm getting like some big solo games coming in. Uh-huh. But this one, I was like, I want to play it, but I got to do this, and I got to take care of this, and I, I just don't have, like, that free time. And I think I was working still, and I could say it now, I was working for Best Buy still. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have a lot of free time. Sure. And so I went into it. I'm like, all right, I'll play it finally. Um, it's an escape room box game. Let's see how it goes. Some of them are really good. Some are really bad. I will say this about this game. It does components to a whole new level. Now, I'm not just talking about, like, quality. Just the way everything that they use gets used in such a way, it's quite interesting. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I do more. Okay, that was smart. And I would do more. Oh. 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 And then you just keep going on. And it just kind of builds on top of each other how it uses the things that come in the... Without spoilers, how it uses the things. What what my favorite part about it is about halfway through playing it, it suddenly takes a big twist and you're like, whoa. What is going on? This is totally different than I was expecting. It does... Try to make you take a break and not try to do it all at one time. Right, yeah. So it, you could. It you could. Take a while, but. but it's like, yeah, you know what? You, you've you done this enough. Step away a little bit for yeah. it. And then come back to it. Just yeah. enjoy the experience as best as you can. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the story of it. It it has a great story. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. And then it just... When you finish it, they have you go on their website, put the code that you finished it in. This way it just gets registered on the website. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It just does everything so well. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. It was great. It was great. So Box <laughs> 1 by Theory 11. Man, my this personal, was... This would be higher up on the list if yeah, it was if, just based uh, on that. Yeah, if it was just based on that, it'd be higher on the list. And also, I think it'd have a good shot of winning for a solo game. Yeah. <laughs> it was that good. It was solid. I mean, uh, scaling well. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't win like the scaling well and the replay value. <laughs> no, it would be negative points. <laughs> but when on it came to, when we go into like arts and production, the, the even though... You don't really see too much in there. Yeah. The production value is yes. through the roof. And the art is cool, too. Yeah, like the they art do a is very great. good minimalized. Like yeah. the, It's a nice gold leaf box and stuff. It looks neat. You know, uh, like there's an eye looking through the keyhole, like yeah. out on the cover. No, no, like it's the so cover cool. and everything is great, but I'm talking about like when you get into the game and the yeah, art. The but production. The, the art itself, eh. Compared to some of these other games. Right, sure. But the production, and then if we're talking graphic design, yes. this is going through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. So and that was our number one honorable mention for both of us. And it was like, what, $30 if that? Yeah, 30 bucks. Yeah, it's not super expensive. So if you get a chance, go out there and pick yeah. up a copy. You'll enjoy the mess out of it. And he does encourage you to like lend it to people. Like It's not like an escape room where it's like, oh, well, you play it once, you're done. Yeah, it's, no, not, like like an, he, it's not like... He a, says, play it... Play it yourself when you enjoy it. Give it to a friend. Play it. Because I think you and I were able to register the same code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it didn't matter. And a big part of it, too, is it's an escape room game, but it's more unlocked than it is exit. Nothing gets destroyed, so you can put it all back together and lend it to a friend. Mm -hmm. Whereas exit, when you're one and done. Yep. There you go. So box one. Let's get into our debate. 
Alrighty. So, Sounds good. Top 8 debate episode coming at you. Here's how this works. We take the top 8 highest ranked games on Board Game Geek based on the criteria or the category or the family or the designer or whatever we choose for that week. This week, digital hybrid games. We go on Board Game Geek, sort it by rank, take the top 8 that him and I have both played, just to give it a fair argument. Mm-hmm. Out of those, we put a poll up on the Board Game Revolution group on Facebook to be explained later. We have five criteria that that these games have to meet in order for it to go on to the next round. Whichever one gets more of the five criteria than the other one will will move on to the next. Those criteria include ease of play, which includes simplicity, familiarity of the mechanisms. Like playing a really obscure game versus something that's a Yahtzee remake might Mm. be a benefit for it. Yeah. Likelihood to get to the table, whether that's mechanism or theme, either one works. And whether it's prone to analysis paralysis, how well you can you make your decisions, do you have too many good options, not enough good options, we want just the right amount. And if you're prone to analysis paralysis, that's a ding on the game rather than a win. Yep, that's right. Uh, we go next into the next criteria. It is replay value, which includes length of time and scaling well. Does a two-player game play as well as a four-player game? And does it play in the same roughly um, time? Minimum number of plays to get the full experience. If you're playing something like chess... You know how to play it just because you can't master it doesn't mean you don't know how to play it. Right. Or something like a campaign game, a box one, where you have to keep going at it You're right. for exactly. a while. Uh, as well as expandability. And we say this as already existing expansions up to one possible future expansion. So if one expansion comes out and says volume one, we're assuming there's going to be a volume two. Or if there are expansions that have been confirmed by the designer or publisher, uh, a la Wingspan, who has said they were going to make all seven continents. Yep. And then meaningful choice is our next criteria. First off, how well can you impact other players' strategies? Or are you playing a multiplayer solitaire game, as it's often referred to? How well can you impact uh, your own long-term strategy? Or if it's tactical, more so. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'd like to combine into that. If it's yeah. if it's a tactical-based game, as long as you have meaningful choices mm-hmm. in those tactics, that's important. And then finally, another ding to it. If you make arbitrary choices in the game, that's a knock. Or, yeah, arbitrary choices. Do they make an impact on the game? Can I do just as well by picking cards at random? Yep. Or moving pieces willy-nilly? That's, you know, we want to have that meaningful choice in every turn you take. Take, yep. If their choices are too good, then you don't really have a choice in the matter. Or if the choices are really, really bad, or you're beholden to a dice roll. Yep, exactly. And the next one is game immersion. Uh, We did make a slight change on this one. It's no longer does it fit the mechanism best. It's just straight up, does the game fit the category best about what we're arguing in this fact? um, Does the game fit digital hybrid the best? That is in, also includes player interaction. Is it table talk? Are you getting into it? Are you role playing? Are you feeling like you're that character? Or in this case, is some of these games so intense you're getting nervous while playing it? Right. Uh, as well as memorable moments. What are those things that are going to make you stand up and scream and shout across a room for everybody to stare at? You know, uh, our demo night at the shop the other night, uh-huh. I had a group of five playing Horrified, and they had at least three times in the game where after a dice roll they stood up and they literally <laughs> clapped right there i was like that's why we do it yeah exactly right there all right our next of the, our last of the five criteria is art and production it's pretty straightforward although we do know it's subjective mm-hmm. first one art um some games are just objectively 
prettier than others. Let's just be honest. Yeah. But we try to we try to be reasonable as possible. Um, pieces and components. That's an easy one. Mm-hmm. And then graphic design, which is the specific one that we like to really focus on. Yep. Is it icon heavy, yep. or is it walls of text? Are you going to have to sit there and read paragraphs to figure out anything that isn't story based, just to figure out rules? But more so, color blind. Friendly. friendly say it with us that's right we're both <laughs> colorblind if you ain't colorblind friendly you're under the bus all of a sudden yeah and that's another thing with this type of category the graphic design does the app work properly right exactly uh and then finally if we cannot find a consensus to move on if all these criterias and we're still split then that's why it's important that you go to the Board Game Revolution community on Facebook and vote on the poll. You are the one that determines who moves on. That's right. Very good. So let's get into this. This was, this is going to be a fun one, I feel. It might be a little harder for us to debate because we were oh. discussing this bri- briefly before the episode. Um, all of these games are games that we both enjoy. Oh, yeah. I have lot. one that I like a little bit less than the others. But I have only played it the once, mm-hmm. and I didn't dislike it. Like we've, I've debated games I dislike. <laughs> yeah, this, you have. All of these games I do enjoy, definitely to at least some extent. Some of them I really enjoy. Yeah, so, I like a lot of these. Um, the one that we we're talking about that you don't like, I enjoy because I like that style of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which but, I do too, but I just don't think it did it that well. But we'll get into that when we get to the Yeah, game. yeah. But uh, all of these are probably some of my favorite games to play, especially because of the app integration. Right. I like some more than others, but we'll get to there when we get to there. So let's list off our games real quick. Okay. We have our number one seed, Mansions of Madness Shocker. <laughs> Second edition. Uh, going up against our number eight seed, Stop Thief. Technically, that's like a second edition. That is. <laughs> Uh, number two, Lord of the Rings, Journeys to Middle Earth, or Journeys in Middle Earth. Sorry. Journeys in Middle Earth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, going up against our number seven seed, Unlocked, and we just, when we see one of these lump group of games, together. lump them together. Yep. They all require the app, some more so than others. Yep. All right. Our number three seed, The Search for Planet X. Going up against our number six seed, another uh, restoration game, Return to Dark Tower. And our number four seed, here's the battle of the deduct, or the um, murder, the, crimes. the crime <laughs> detective, a modern crime board game. Going up against our five seed, Chronicles of Crime. This will be a great debate. I am looking forward to it. Although I'm hurting, either Detective or Chronicles of Crime are going to be eliminated right off the bat. Yeah, right off the bat. It hurts. Right. Uh, I know oh, well. which one I would like to play more out of those two. But we'll here. get, to, we'll get I'm there. I'm curious because I don't think we've fully debated these. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to our first game, Mansions of Madness, or first bracket, Mansions of Madness Second Edition versus Stop Thief. All right, sounds good. Coin I have of a Doom. Coin of Doom. <laughs> You're starting you first, right. and you get Mansions of Madness. So Mansions of Madness, there is a there's a reason I said shocking at the <laughs> beginning of the episode, and that is for longtime viewers, uh, listeners of the podcast. You know exactly why I say that. This has been on so, so many lists. So many of our lists, and it tops it out. And that's a sentiment for how much we've had to debate it, but how popular this game is. The big thing is, what? we were kind of hoping it would win the last championship edition this way. Got to so we don't have to talk about it anymore. No. In a way, yeah. But at the same time, let's be honest, though. The reason why this game 
does so well as it is, is because it took a game that has so much upkeep oh, yeah. and the app Cleans solved it. it. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's like, I'm, technically, the app is not required for this game. You could play Mansions well, of Madness the first edition. No, well, I mean, I know it is for the second, but technically you could play it without an app, right? It would not be anywhere near as good. You would need first fun. edition rules. You would need first edition rules, but you wouldn't... It could be played without an app. Like, I'm saying if they made a version that didn't use an app, it mm. would still functionally work. But they what did. the it app so did... Well. Yeah, <laughs> what the app did is it took all of those problems, it solved a vast majority of it, you now have different scenarios... You don't need packs of cards to read through storyline. It reads it all through there. They add the ambiance. They add puzzles. They reveal the map as it's coming out. And you and all of the battling and fighting and everything is handled through the, the app. app. So, um, there honestly, like the board and the monsters are there for it to be pretty and for it to be functional, so everyone can look at what is going on as a whole thing instead of passing a phone around. But really. The app is what makes this top-notch. I don't want to belabor it anymore. I mean, I do think between these two, I really like Stop Thief, but I can't imagine it, Stop Thief would go on. Yeah, I, that's the problem, is I ended up having to argue Stop Thief, and it's going up against the Juggernaut for a reason. Stop, Stop Thief is good. It's fun. It's I want to play it more. I've only played two players. I want to see how it works with a, a bigger uh, group. I love the app integration in this one because, again, it gives you the ambiance. If you hit an alarm, it actually sounds over the app. Yep. Uh, it does really, really good. And this was basically one of the first app-integrated games for restoration games. Yeah. Uh, to to the extent where they're like, okay, now we know how to do this. They went for a bigger game. You can see it behind me or, or my shelf. And, yeah, it's so good. It does a lot of good things and makes some uh, great choices in it. You do have a lot of meaningful choice about what you're doing, but you have to be careful how you're running. I just don't see it being Mansions of Madness. Yeah. Honestly, it's, I mean, it's a good game. It absolutely it needs the app. Yeah. I mean, because the original version was like an electronic like little punch board thing. Yeah. And it worked technically. The app just cleans that up. It makes a better audio. makes it more atmospheric. Because you do need those sounds. That's yeah, that's yeah. the whole point the of the game. Is, is yeah. You're deducing where he is based on the sounds. Or where the thief is. I say he could be female. I don't know. Yeah. But the thief is... You're trying to find where the thief is. And you're yeah. supposed to be the one that first catches mm -hmm. them. And so you're trying to pay attention to where everything is. But yeah, it's it's, it's smart. It does really well. Right. This... But Mansions of Madness, when we're talking about app integration... I mean, and the thing is, it's like... There's plenty of scenarios just straight out of that box. So if you're talking about the... Replay value, just there in the base box alone. Not to mention how many expansions it has. So right. there's like three or four expansions. Right. I would say the only thing that this really that uh, Stop Thief would really win on is um, ease of play. Yeah, it's, it's much easier because the deduction game is a natural. Like, oh, anybody who's played Guess Who or Clue yeah. know what deduction is, yeah. and that's and that's an easy one to relate to. But I agree, Mansion Madness moves on. All right, Mom's moving on, huh? Mom is moving on. <laughs> All right, now we go into our second uh, second bracket. That is Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth versus Unlock. And again, Cumulative Unlock. Yeah. I'm starting this one, and I get unlocked. I have a feeling it's going to start hurting after a while. Yeah, it sounds Catching like it hurts. Coin. That's a thunk. 
Alright, like so just need to do this one real quick. You're arguing Lord of the Rings? I'm arguing uh, Unlocked. Oh, you're arguing Unlocked. Okay. So, Unlocked is one of those escape rooms in the board game. Mm -hmm. So, right there alone, it's one and done. So, you don't really get a lot of replay value when you're just trying to play one game. However, a lot of Unlocked's early versions, they only came in single boxes. However, most of the time now, especially they did it in Europe all the time, it's three uh, scenarios per box, and they have, like, several boxes now and what it does it does really well it is one of the better escape room games and i've played a couple of the locks and i played a couple of exits i prefer the unlocks because i like the puzzles that they do in there i love the digging through the deck and stuff like that and you can put it all back together and pass it on to the next player without you having to destroy anything but what it does in the app integration is it gives you it can give you the hints. It can give you the timer. It actually teaches you how to play the game before you do any mm -hmm. of the scenarios. There's a little small little uh, tutorial scenarios like, okay, this is how you do. This is the puzzles. And then you plug and play. Some are more reliant on the app than others. But uh, I just – it's another one where those is like it's a good game, but does it do it better than the game that it's going up against? And I'll let you start your argument. All right. So Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-earth is essentially Mansions of Madness in Lord of the Rings world. Uh, and campaign. And campaign. So take everything that Mansions of Madness just had that I argued for, add a full campaign, add an IP that people adore. Love. Yeah, they absolutely love that. And on top of that, it fixed the combat too. Because you roll dice in Mansions of Madness. You cards. This is card play. And mm -hmm. the way it works is so smart. I love the combat in Lord of the Rings. I'm not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan. I do quite like it, but I'm not... It's not something I would very easily spend $100 for to justify buying a game for. Yeah, yeah. I would for this. This yeah, is yeah. absolutely worth I the money. I would too. I love Lord of the Rings a lot. I, yeah. I'm more into like the fantasy stuff than you are. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> I just realized something. Maybe. Mansions of Madness... Is off a American book series. Mm -hmm. Dice, Ameritrash. Yep. Lord of the Rings, based off a European book the uh, uh, theory. Yeah. Uh, uh, series. Series. Card play, Euro style. Yep. <laughs> yep. Weird how that works. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was like, I almost wonder if they played it. Just figured now, this out. The one there is something that I'm going to talk about of as a pro for unlock, and that's because I played a scenario not too long ago. One of theirs. And um, I'm going to not give spoilers. I'm going to try my best not to. But they integrated the app in a way that I had never seen in any other other unlocks. It's not in the Star Where, Wars one, is it? No. Okay. I haven't played that one yet. I want to play that I, one. Well, just, I own it. It's up there. Again, we, you and I should play it because we both own it and completely re, like ruin useless. Ruin someone else's copy. Ruin someone else's copy without having to open it. No, so one of the, one of the escape rooms, I've done like probably 15 of them by now. Uh, of the unlocks. I've done five. One of them gave you a situation where the app actively used the camera and you would like use it. Like imagine if you had like a superpower, right? Mm -hmm. And you could scan a picture and certain pictures would impose a new layer on top of it as if you were seen like through something. Okay. That's kind of cool. Wow. And did it work well? You better believe it. It worked really well. I, I and that was you. when we found that out and we started doing that, we're like, oh no, that's amazing. <laughs> it, it added a whole new level. We were so stoked. That is, 
it was in part of one of the triple boxes. Yeah. And that, hands down, is my favorite triple box that I've ever played of that series. It was really good. I have to check that one out. Um, yeah. But that app integration, oh, man. That sounds pretty good. Uh, the, the thing about uh, Unlock, though, I heard um, from friends who also play the Unlock series, they hated the Alice in Wonderland one. I, I haven't played that one yet. They, they, yeah. they, you know, it. the one I, there was one that I didn't like, but it did something really innovative. Uh, the one I didn't like was the pirate ship one where it split the okay. party. Where yeah. You split the group. Yep. That was the one I was thinking. Like it's, that's an innovative idea, but yeah, yeah. But, but you know, either way. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't quite pull off. Here's the one problem though, that, that I have to say that, so that was the huge benefit to unlock Yeah, the detractor from it. There is no way to simulate well, there is, but there's. It's very difficult to simulate the tactility of um, an actual escape room through an app through and an app cards. And cards, yes. Now, box one, it does what it can to mm -hmm. do that. It does it really well. It too. does it really well, but both exit and unlock don't quite pull that off. Exit more so, but unlock is just cards, so you it's all theater of the mind. Yeah, it's uh, not the same as like. Don't get me wrong, the theater getting, of the mind is really good. The the puzzles right. that they come up with just with these cards yes. are really well. Yes. But here another problem with unlocked is it was one of the um, earlier ones. I think it's the Nautilus one where you're under sea. Mm -hmm. Some of the cards don't line up like they should for mm, you yes. to solve certain puzzles. Yeah, and so it was a very big detractor right exactly so it you know sometimes it could be a miss more often than not it's a hit oh yeah the vast majority and if you get like triple boxes there's a very good chance that two of the three two are of the really three good. is gonna be good and then i've heard really good things about the star wars one um yeah i got it for my birthday last year and i still haven't played it well, it's, it is what it is maybe i'll play it tonight i don't know have the kids play it with me that'd be fun um i don't think they've seen star wars yet I'm pretty sure they have, but how can you not show your kids Star Wars yet? I'm gonna make you I found leave out, this. I found out that right? my daughter just watched Stranger Things, so I mean, <laughs> who knows with these kids? Kids these days, am I right? Yeah, but the thing anyway. is, Stranger Things not that bad. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's got it's, more scary stuff, but it's not. Uh, but she's like, she was scared of Jaws because of how scary it was. And hey, she's hey, like, hey, hey, no, hey. I agree legitimately creepy but she refused to watch no army of darkness she refused to watch it because she's like this is so scary i'm like no it's a comedy like you don't understand i have to show you something it, after the podcast but okay. yeah let's get cool. off, uh, we're getting off uh, sidetracked here so i think you and i agree though lord of the rings, lord of the rings moves on all right so i gotta do this real our quick. next one is the search for planet x versus the return to dark tower all right get a bruise on your hand I get to go first. <laughs> oh, man. I need to catch it right next to the mic so you guys can hear that thunk. Return to Dark Tower. Look at this. If you're still with us, tell me if you can hear when this lands. Return to Dark Tower is my pick, or is what I drew. And I'm really, really glad I got this one because mm. when we're talking about app integration and stuff like that that works, this game didn't could work without the app integration. But when we're talking about like the cleanup, like Mansions of Madness, the the just getting rid of like that nitty gritty stuff that just takes too much time, this does it. And the fact that not only is it app integration, but the tower works with the app, so it's Bluetooth integration mm -hmm. as well. Oh my God, this just it's Chef's kiss. Yeah, it hits so much on it. And what I really really enjoy about this game is it's is more fun than it has right to be. 
that's the big thing is that you are not a huge fan of like really heavy thematic games. You're fine with them, but you mm. if it's not crunchy or like Euro where you have to like brain tease yourself, you enjoy those ones more right. than like these uh, thematic games. Well, but this yeah, one, even the, you, you the, the like, thematic. The the theme has to justify and the mechanisms have to justify, justify. the game yeah. for me to enjoy it as much as it does. And then you're like, when we play this one, you're like, huh, I really like that one. It just does not deserve to be that fun. It really does. Has, we were giggling every... Right has no right. <laughs> every time we had to put a skull, we were both getting nervous yeah. and giggling. <laughs> oh, God, it's turning towards me. It's turning towards me. No, 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 this way. Can I put my finger in there to stop it? <laughs> oh, no, I'm losing my finger. Oh, uh, yeah, so it is phenomenal, and I haven't even got into the arguments for the game. It's, it's smart on what it does. Mm-hmm. Um... You're basically, and you could play it other ways. I truly only will probably play it as co-op. It just makes more sense that way. You're fighting the big bad rather than trying to win against the big bad. And the stuff was like, oh, this is like a fire now over here. So it's going to cost you a lot to go over there. So, oh, wait. So we have, he's over there. I don't want to go through there. I'm also going to lose a lot of my my soldiers or mana point or whatever. So I have to go like four stages across the map, get there, and he's like, "No, I'm going to go over here now." Why? Why would you do that to me? Uh, yep. You have variable player powers, so that's really good yep. for different things. Uh, they just and not only just variable player powers. Also, the quadrant of the board that you're in <laughs> yeah, determines very... an extra little yeah. player power. Like that's it's already very cool. smart. Yeah, and then. It plays northwest, east, south. Everybody has their own quadrant that they have to take care of. Mm-hmm. There's stuff in there that piles on you, which is quite hilarious. Is like, oh, the wolf pack all get together and attack you, and it's like, well, I had soldiers; they're gone now. Right. <laughs> but it and it makes you have to start attacking those smaller uh, bosses because they get bigger and more powerful as they're going. They're still level ones, but when you don't take care of them. Oh, they're level ones, but now they've been upgraded to up teen, so it's going to take you a lot more attack to defeat them because they became, you know, like a lone wolf and turned into a pack of wolves. Right. And so it's like, okay, they're all here now. I am screwed. Run away. <laughs> Help. But then you not only do you have to worry about the monsters, you have to worry about the skulls coming up there and keeping those clean or else you lose things. And then when it all gets down, you finally hit what you need to do because you have actually goals in the storyline to get the big bad on the board. Once the big bad's over there, you're like, uh, we're screwed. (laughs) And it's so intense. And there's so much going on. And the fact that you can mix and match different monsters. So they, they even say you can make it easier for yourself by picking the monsters because some monsters need magical items to help fight them or some monsters need uh, certain wet types of weapons to help them. All right, well, pick your level one, level two, three, where they kind of bridge to each other. This way, if you're gathering equipment, they work together or randomize it. And now you guys have to scatter and find what weapons you need to use to work on this monster, but it won't work on this monster, but it will maybe work on this monster. Cause it's, is it a magical weapon or is it just a weapon? That kind of thing. I love that. There's so many good choices. I need to get it to the table again. I've had so much fun and they have a new expansion right now on Kickstarter. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, no, 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 it's not a Kickstarter. It's on backer kit. Back. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you say, but I will be arguing for Search for Planet X, 
which is definitely an innovative um, deduction game. Now, I know you claim that I don't like deduction. I, I like deduction a lot. No, no, no. I don't say you don't like deduction. You didn't like this one. I just didn't like this one. I'll <laughs> explain why I didn't later. But what it does right, it a lot of deduction games use apps to make it easier. But it's not necessary to have most apps. This absolutely it needs, needs it. the app, yeah. Because there, there is a lot of conditioning that needs to go into what, what way you deduce all mm-hmm. of these situations. And what makes it different is it's not just like, oh, well, like, like let's say Clue, for example, right? You need to solve the murder, motive, and weapon, right? You can figure out each of those in the same way, and you answer questions, and you do this. But it could all just be random as to what it is. No, this the way that every little planet or mm-hmm. comet or empty space, the way that they work and their conditions make this such an intriguing puzzle. So, for example, I think like, um, and it's been a while since I played, so some of these examples will be wrong. But I think there's like certain planets that have to be next to at least one other star mm-hmm. or something like that. There is... Um, uh, planet X has to be like... Between two X, away from an asteroid or something. Yeah, like. Planet X has to be like two away from an asteroid. There has to be certain things like I think a comet that that like they have to be at least two next to each other, possibly more. Um, there's like certain planets that can't be next to other certain planets, mm-hmm. and so as you're starting to learn where at least one of these tokens are, you're going to start learning. Well, okay, if this is that then this cannot be. And I'm a big fan of Sudoku. I like Sudoku a lot. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea. It's like, well, so since there's a one over here, I, hate Sudoku. I know, I know you're, and you're not the only person who hates it. Well, uh, no, just, I don't like mathy life. stuff. Uh, it's, it's not math. It's deduction. It's still, you have to make sure you do the proper math. No, you can do it with colors. And it's the same game. Well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's not math. No, no, no. no. I, I wouldn't do, be able to do colors either. You can do symbols. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's like, it's, they can't be in the same row, box, or column. Like, it's that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. But you have to determine, it, it's, it becomes one of those logic puzzles where you go, okay, since this is here, I know that this nor this can be in this spot. Yeah. Because of this condition. And that's the kind of deduction I really enjoy. It's conditional. It's then. Um, it's like those logic puzzles, which I've never been good at. Like the ones where, where they tell you, oh, well, because like this person walks in, tells a lie or does something like, you know, and you oh, have yeah, to yeah, yeah. figure like that, that out. It's like that Greek uh, riddle or something like that, where it's like this person always tells lies, but this person doesn't tell right. lies. But this one only says a lie if this person to contradict this person, stuff like that. So yeah, it's like exactly. which one is the one that's telling the truth kind of thing. Exactly. And that's the kind of puzzle, and that's the level of puzzle that you are solving mm-hmm. in Search for Planet X. So again, the way that those conditions are met, awesome. The app integration works really well because it will slowly reveal you more information. Um, it will provide you information that you can pass around. And the best thing about that is that you can just give everyone a code and let them do it on their own phone. And yeah. you don't need to have to pass around one device or have it on the screen. That's unlike anything else on here. Yeah. There's no other game on here that does that. So even though this is my least favorite game out of the list, and I'm just being honest saying that, I totally get why it's ranked this high. I know why people love it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate for what it does. I just didn't have that much fun playing. See, the the thing about this one, uh, Search for Planet Dext, is it does really well in the app integration, like you said. Mm-hmm. And, and the more and more I think about it, I played, I mentioned it at the top of this, I played Cryptid. Yep. Cryptid does what this does better. Yep. Because it's all about, 
I know what I know. I'm trying to figure out what you know, what they know, and what they know. Yeah. And so this way I can let it. And that's pretty much what Planet X is doing, too. It's like, I know what I know. I know what I figured out. Now I'm trying to figure out what you guys know and trying the clues that I got. And it's cool when it comes to the fact that you can just all use your own smartphones. And and that's kind. That's nice and stuff like that. The problem that I have with that kind of app integration, though, Mm -hmm. is sometimes not everybody has the capabilities or the newer smartphone that can run those apps. And and the thing is, a lot of these, you only need one. Yeah. Uh, So like Mansions of Madness, you only need like one ipad well you only need one for a search for find x in fact that's when we played it that's that's all we did but you want to pass it to the players yeah and and that's fine but the thing is it's like i like that idea Mm -hmm. but sometimes when we're talking about you know bringing it in for everybody right sometimes that's not really good when it's like hey and because there's other ones like Go on Marcana back in the day. Uh, you need both needed smartphones to play that game properly. Yep. And so that's a big, like, what am I going to do here? For the app integration, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but yep. I don't know. I just... In any uh, other any other debate, I would see that as a sound argument. But this is digital hybrid. I don't think that that should be counted against it personally. I Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And I don't think saying, it's going to change our decision. It's, it's a detractor in a sense. Because we're okay. also trying to get... Like, if someone's showing this at a library, you can't say, hey, everybody pull out your smartphone for I can give you a code. Because sure. some of those people don't aren't able to use smartphones. Sure. So, let's move on. Uh, which one do you think should move on? Um, I think Return to Dark Tower. I don't disagree with you. Return to Dark Tower moves on. And it will... Oof. That's going to be interesting. Yep. All right, and our last of the quarterfinals is the one that you've been waiting for, Detective versus Chronicles of Crime. We're settling it today. <laughs> uh, we're not settling it. No, we're not settling it. There's no way. Uh, do you have a clear favorite between these two? Yes. Okay, so do I. And I'm curious to see if they're going to be the same. They're not. Oh, wow. Unless you could read my mind or I've said something before, I don't... Oh, who's who's getting the first? Let's find out. Chronicles of Crime. I'm arguing Chronicles? Yep. Okay. So, Chronicles of Crime, between the two, is slightly more immersive. And that is because of the AR capabilities of it. Yep. And what I mean by that is that... So, first off, Chronicles of Crime is a deduction game. You are solving a mystery over a number of scenarios. It could be... Um, a murder it could be something different than that but basically you know that it is a crime story yeah uh you have to go to specific locations um you have to uh scan to go to the room you will talk to certain people that are in the locations mm-hmm. ask them about items you have discovered pick up pieces for evidence and use those to determine the story that you're going around discussing with people and trying to solve the crime simple enough yeah um what this does on top of most things is first off it's qr based so almost anything in the game you can scan ask people about you can talk to certain people the locations are good as well um when you go to a new location it also gives you the option to search the location mm-hmm. where you lift up your phone and it will move along with you or if you don't want to get dizzy but sometimes you might uh you can just slide on the screen and you can look around this location looking for clues which is a 
amazing idea that I have not seen in any others. Yeah. They even sell a little adapter that you slide onto your phone, <laughs> and it's like Google uh, Cardboard. Yeah. yeah, Google Glasses. And you look at it, and it's stereoscopic, and it will display as if you're actually in the room. And it works functionally really well. Yeah. Um, on top of that, all a lot of the scenarios don't need extra cards to do. They have created multiple scenarios <laughs> on that. Um, I actually heard that the um, owner of Lucky Duck used to work for like a, a a video game company, and they're really big into like digital mm-hmm. creation and stuff. And so when he decided to make Lucky Duck games, he knew he was gonna use that focus to make a very digitalized board games and integrate the their knowledge of technology. So, which is awesome, and they definitely succeeded in this right. so much to the point that. They decided to make a Kids Chronicles, yeah, which I, I have played the entirety of with yeah, my see, son. Yeah, I thought that was going to be on your honorable mentions. No, I mean, I have my reasons I didn't like it as much as these other three. Understandable. But, um, yeah, Kids Chronicles is great, though, for kids. My son loved it, and he, it's hard to get him to play games with us sometimes. He's a teenager now. So. He's a teenager now. But really, I mean, like, like there was something. He was absolutely stoked. He loved every minute. So much to the point where he stopped noticing that I was in the room and he was playing it by himself and just like kind of hoarding my phone. I was like, really, dude? Come on now. I'm like, do you want me to install this on your tab, on your phone? He was like, no, we'd lose our progress. I'm like, nah, that's a good argument. <laughs> but now that he has that, you know, I gave him that copy. I was like, here, go ahead. Like, enjoy it. Yeah. Because Kids Chronicles works really well. Chronicles of Crime is a more adult theme of it, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's crime. But, I mean, if you're ready for a good deduction game, trying to solve that out over a play, over a storyline that's overarching, this is a good one to do it. And, yeah, I don't have much more else to say about it. I think Chronicles of Crime is a great game. I don't disagree with you. I uh, own both of these. So. so, the Chronicles of Crime, I don't own both of these. Um, I own Detective. Okay. Right? Mind you, it's just because uh, I like Chronicles of Crime a lot. It's just that it's just not going to get played a lot because um, when it comes to that visual aspect of it, yeah, you can scroll. But my wife gets motion sickness, and sure. so it, yeah. it's a big protector. However, understandably, yeah. the owner of Lucky Duck, we met him at Dice Tower in West in 2019. Oh, yeah. He's even said, like, if you're playing with families and they get, like, the motion sickness or they just don't want to sit there and, like, look on the screen, just Google cast it yeah. or yeah, screencast it. just screencast it to whatever you're doing. It's like, it's not supposed to in the rules, but he highly recommends it. Especially like if you're playing with like 10, 11, 12 right. year olds mm-hmm. and there's only one phone, fine. Everybody can look at it. It's not going to make it any easier. For yeah. Everybody. Right. Exactly. It's not, it's not so much of a seek and find as yeah. it is more just like a, Oh, how can we put them in the scene? How can we get them to look around? Exactly. Yeah. And so he recommends that, but, Going on to Detective, a modern crime board game, I think is what it's called. I think so. Yep, uh, modern crime board game. It's not lying. This one uh, it makes you feel like you're a detective. You're working for a police force and stuff like that because <laughs> you literally need a computer for this. Yes. Uh, you go to the website uh, that it tells you to go into the game, and your police officer is trying to deduce a crime if someone was murdered or something was stolen and stuff like that. And you're going along this, and one person is like, okay, this is, we have to worry about our time. So if you go to this location, you, you lose so much time, and mm-hmm. then you have to make your deduction, you're out there. Right. There's not enough time in the day. No. What I really like what this does is that computer. 
Yes. Because it actually gives you uh, security footage. It, yeah, it's a representation of a police database system. Yeah. So, like, if I was an investigator, obviously I would have background information for a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And I just need to know what names I need to search. That's what this simulates. Oh, uh, and does really it well, well too. Yes, uh, I like a lot about what it's doing. You can, and the thing is, it's not just the database either. Um, if you see a clue at a scene, and you're like, "We should get this examined," you can actually question a forensic ex- uh, examiner yes. or a um, what is it, the like DNA analysis and stuff like right. that. You can do all this stuff, and you get your clues and stuff like that. And what I've heard, which is really cool, I haven't played it. I've only played the first scenario, Detective. I need to play it more. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the the version where it's supposed to be like 1984 LA or something like that, mm-hmm. when you put it in, it gives you like the old school blue screen. It and... does. Yes, it is absolutely a 1980s <laughs> DOS command prompt. Screen. Yeah, because I have played it, and I, I just I think that's amazing, and the fact that they're turning this into like a Batman game as well, mm-hmm. where you're the world's greatest detective now doing this, so it's it hits a lot of points. This is not my favorite of the two. Really, I love Chronicles of Crime a lot because the way you were just arguing for it, <laughs> like you could have fooled me. The app integration in Detective, I think is better yeah it's the, the ar yes. aspect of console crime is cool and all right but this one you're actually inputting stuff in a computer yes. you're actually asking you feel questions. like you're really there you're seeing the crime scene footage you really are getting into that immersion and you said you've only you've only played the, the first, first scenario yeah. so i mean it's obvious but there there's five scenarios and each one of them is integrated integrated to each other so it's one overarching story yeah but you are solving like you know it's it's five separate scenarios definitely but there is an overarching reason for all of it too and i think the the thing about the the reason why i like chronicles of crime more is just because it's simpler this one is a lot more going on to it and then that yes. and this one also can lead and i play in a decent group with it so i don't have to worry about this problem but this right. one can lead to that quarterbacking someone just yeah, trying to control everything and again the chronicles of crime just because it's some of the funner or the more fun stuff that you can play where it's like they have like a scooby-doo version or not right. version but like legally distinct from right which is fine. It's great. Then the stuff like where you're going back into the 1400s and exploring that that kind of stuff looks interesting. So I want to argue. I'm going to argue right here because my favorite of the two is Detective. Yeah, see, and, I told you. Yeah, and you're right. Um, I I definitely like Detective better, and that for two main reasons. Um, the app integration is better. I'll admit that. Have to in Detective. Yeah, but it's there's two big problems with Chronicles of Crime. One. Agreed, the AR is cool, but the thing is, it's just there to be there. Yeah. It's not there for, it doesn't enhance your detective experience. It's literally just like, oh, okay, there's an apple on a shelf. Okay. Like, dude, okay. Like, we need I'll, apple. I'll, I'll you know, see. like, yeah, go ahead. It, it's not, it, none of that part has anything to do with deductive. It's just a really, really fancy way of saying, okay, you've unlocked these characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and is, that was especially prominent in the kids' version, and that's why that the kids' version didn't make my list is because it's quite literally as soon as you're done looking at that, uh, the the cat, which is like this wizard cat thing, yeah, um, would pop up and say, "I found one person, and I found one item. Hope you did too." It's like, how could you not see that? Really? Yeah. Like you have to be trying not to see it. 
And same goes for Chronicles of Crime. The other one, though, is the... You really do feel like detectives in detective. That's the whole point, right? But the constant scan a QR code, scan a QR code, scan a QR code. One player is playing the game during that entire time. We During Chronicles of Crime, we have to force people to pass the phone. But that means that while that one person is scanning everything and reading aloud to everybody, they're the one person playing the game for the entirety of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, right. I personally just say I like Chronicles of Crime more. Sure. And for the simple fact that I don't think it's a better game than Detective. Detective is hands down the better of the two games when it comes to talking about like playing right. and getting into it. It's just it's more fun. Uh, I like the aspect of the AR, and it's more fun. Detective is a much better game, but I'd probably get more people to play Chronicles of Crime than I would because Detective is a very heady game. Yes, it is. Very heady game. The the other group that I play with, they like the game, right? but I don't know how they would feel about Chronicles of Crime because I don't own that copy. I only own one. Mm -hmm. Um they like heavier games, but sometimes it's just like, okay, now I'm drawing. Let's play something quicker, simpler, and stuff like that. So now I think Detective should move on. I think okay. it's there's more meaningful choice. Uh, just the app integration is way better in Chronicles of Crime. Uh, the game way immersion, more, yeah, it, more way more immersion. You're getting into it and stuff like that. Right. So um, there's not really more expansions, but when it comes down to the replay value, you get more of it in. Yeah. Uh, detective because chronicles of crime yeah they both kind of play the same but detective is just has so much going for it and just the scenarios right. along the writers that they got for that yeah are what make it stand out and, and, and there's only one slight issue i have with detective and it's right. just that sometimes in there because it's a polish game in the translations don't hit like it's supposed to. Right, yeah. There, there was one There was one other caveat that I wanted to point out on Chronicles of Crime as well, even though I do agree with you. I do think detectives should move on, and that's because... Um, and honestly, uh, arts and production, I think, was a detective. Yes. Oh, I agree. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because the, the, yeah, that website, I'm sure, took just as much work as, like, as an know, app, yeah. as a 3D and it, Yeah, world. and the thing is, like, the graphic design makes sense. The fact that on one of the expansions, it takes you to 1984. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, so everything that, um, everything that Detective does uses technology as an artifact of what you would be doing if mm-hmm. you were a detective. Whereas that's the one advantage to Chronicles of Crime is that this is just the basis to put you in this world. Mm-hmm. That's why they were able to do... I wanted to try the Millennium series. I really do want to try that. 1400, 1900, 2400. And those are three different Chronicles of Crime games. Yeah. Where the app is just used so you can put you in that scenario. You don't need... The app isn't thematic based on the thing. Because you're not trying to like use a computer in these time frames, of course. But you just scan it so that way they can give you that information. Yeah. So that's a little bit different too, whereas the app integration is absolutely on point in yeah. Detective. But that that holds back Detective because it's like, oh, well, do you need a computer? Well, I mean, technically, because they would. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, the detectives need the computer, whereas Chronicles of Crime, it's like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not the computer that's, that that's it's reliant the, on. That's the thing you know what I mean? Like I'm saying it's more fun in yeah. that aspect, but, but Detective, Detective is the better game and I think should yeah. move on. And that may, 
when I have, uh, end up playing the Millennium series, that might change my opinion. Okay. But for now, <laughs> detective, <laughs> detective moves on. All right. Now moving into our second round, we have Mansions of Madness versus Return to Dark Tower, and we have Lord of the Rings: Journeys of Middle Earth versus Detective. Very this is gonna be game. tough. Yeah. Looks uh, like about the previous ones that were just eliminated. How many votes did they get, or at least what percentage of our votes? <laughs> what percentage? Because we don't know how many they are. Yeah. Facebook is weird now. Yeah. So the first one eliminated was Stop Thief, and I don't think. Yep. It had zero percent of the votes. votes. Yeah, that's unfortunately expected. Yeah. And the next one is Unlocked, which was our seventh seed. That also. Oh no! Wait, that actually got votes. It's at three percent now, which is probably one vote. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next eliminated, which search for Planet X, and that had six percent of the vote. And finally, Chronicles of Crime, which was eliminated, had six percent as well. So we are on par with the vote. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> well, mostly so far. Oh yeah, yeah, mostly so far. Yeah, that's what we talk about on the next round. All right. Our next round, we have Mansions of Madness versus Return to Dark Tower. All right. Who's going first? Good question. Let's flip this. Smack your hand. <laughs> I'll be going first. Like, you get Return to Dark Tower. Are you pretty good at, at flipping a coin? You got to feel this at some point. No, it's no, intense. No. I control the Cup of Doom. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Return to Dark Tower. There is only one thing that Mansions of Madness has on Return to Dark Tower. Only one thing, in my opinion. Everything else Return to Dark Tower beats it on. And that is how the story reveals itself through Mansions of Madness. Return to Dark Tower, it's not as story-driven. It does reveal itself pretty much. It does reveal itself as far as what What characters do what. And what the tower does, how angry it is, what what kind of monsters you're fighting against. But really, though, it's less story-driven than Manchester Madness is. Now, Return to Dark Tower, first off, best component, most high-tech technology, mm-hmm. hands down, in board gaming, easily. That tower is amazing. That tower, servos, motors, LEDs, speakers, all of it. Sensors, it knows when that... When those skulls go in, it knows how to manipulate them. It can tell you which panels to remove. Everything's seamlessly integrated with the app. Events get triggered through it. The sound. The sound. It all works perfectly. The scenarios, really fun. The gameplay mechanism, solid. Not nearly as difficult as it seems at first glance. Yeah. It looks very intimidating. You can delve through dungeons. You can fight monsters. You can play pacifist if you need to. You can <coughs> maneuver around. You can upgrade your characters. You can utilize the buildings, which might get damaged. There is, I cannot say enough good stuff about Return to Dark Tower. Other than the stories compared to Mansions of Madness are lacking. And that hurts it, me because it, Isaac it, Childress it, made the stories. For, well, or m- out some of them. Rob Davio and others were right. involved. Uh the thing about the stories, we've only played a few scenarios, so we don't know right. how everything is. Because we, for me, I mainly played the the, the first scenario twice, right? Um, just to get that story. I haven't played further into right, it, right? Right. And so there may be more that I'm just failing to to notice. But what yeah. I'm saying though is, upon initial glance, compared to Mansions of Madness, the way that 
that everything comes out. I mean, you know that there's going to be monsters. You know that's the thing. Yeah. It has puzzles included with it. Actual puzzles, not just like, oh, like, how do I fight everything? Um, you, you, you know, it'll tell you when you go through a door, what rooms are visible now, mm-hmm. how that comes up. Like, you're just like as if you were there. You're not going to know unless you open that door and you're going to find out real fast, right? <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, Return of the Dark Tower does that too. Like, when you're doing, like, the Dungeon Dwell and stuff like the that. The dungeons are not a delf. In, in <laughs> Return of the Dark Tower, I mean, I like that part of it, but it's literally just like, pick a random room that you're adjacent <laughs> to, spend some guys, or spend some of the spirit. Or if you have, like, or, a symbol. Or, or if something. you have a symbol, you can lower it. Yeah, but really it's not. It's no different than fighting a monster with a grid. Like, there's no... It's True. not... I can't, in good in good conscience, call the basic part of it anything like an actual dungeon delve. That is... But that is just the minor quibble that I have. I do think Return to Dark Tower should move on because of how much of everything else it does. Anyway, okay. that's my argument. I would like to hear yours. Alright, going on over to Mansions of Madness... This is, in essence, you can call this the granddaddy to Return to Dark Tower. Uh, you mentioned it. Everything that you're saying here about, like, the app integration, all these games kind of mentions the Madness show it can be successful, what they were doing. And I think Stop Thief came out before it, but when it comes to, like, using the story and the ambiance, the puzzles, make the app do all that, uh, the cleanup, make it just not as difficult as it used to be. Mm-hmm. This is what I think about how you integrate an app into a game to make it better. We talked about it last week in the top eight, or not the top eight, but our chits and giggle. Mm-hmm. Where we're saying these games could be helped with app integration. And it's because of this game. It showed, hey, this game was fine. Let's do it like this. And everybody was just like, oh my god, that was amazing. What did they do? Now, I've played... Several scenarios in Mansions of Madness, and mm-hmm. I, I I agree with what you're saying about like the game immersion when it's getting into like this campaign and the story. You do do feel that story better. You do feel that tension better. There's one scenario where you have to run away from a mob, or else you just right. you lose, you die. Yeah, because there's just too many people, and so you can't sit around and fight. What I like, what it does when it comes to that app integration, you get that ambiance. Like when you're getting chased in the app itself, it's screaming at you. You can hear the mob coming at you. You feel that tension. It's just like, nope, my turn is. I am basically running. Every action I'm taking is the move. Get out of here. Run away. Oh, look, a window. Maybe I can jump through there to get away from the mob. And so it does stuff like that, but they're also burning down buildings and stuff like that. So you feel that intensity. Now, which one I think should move on is a bit more difficult when it comes to it. I think both of them are not easy to play, per right. se. I say let's let's do a breakdown. All right. That's that's the whole point of why we have that list, right? Yep. Um, is there any that specifically stick out to you? I think art and production goes to Return to Dark Tower. And here's why. Now, we didn't talk about this when it comes to Mansions of Madness. The stands. The stands. The minis that have to be on the stands yep. because they have the little lumps at their feet. It's just, it's ridiculous. And then you can't read the card that's in the stand. It's just, come on. If you're going to put it in the app, why, why do we even have the stand? Just make, make, give us the minis. Why yep. do we need all this exactly. extra stuff? Um, the, uh, so, yeah. Uh, Return to Dark Tower gets art and production. Uh, game immersion. Mansions. I would say yes and no. My big thing is... 
does it fit the category best? Mansions yes. of Madness fits that uh, twofold, hands down. Yes. Um, player interaction, I think there is not as much player interaction in Mansions of Madness than you would think. No, I feel like I'm more immersed in the storyline, which is what this is about. Do I feel like I'm actually exploring that? When I unlock a room in Mansions of Madness and it's like, suddenly you open the door and you find a tomb of fire. It's like, wow, that sucked real fast. That's not <laughs> yeah, going to happen that, in the but, uh, We're time. talking about like the player interaction itself. But that, right. that goes into... Table talk, how do you feel like if you're embodying the characters? Yeah, that's the category part, the first right. part. Player Agreed. interaction, we have to talk and be like, okay, our, our mutual friend Dom was like, okay, you have to go take care of those because you're the, the guy right. who could fight. Uh, you need to go over there and take care of that because you're the wizard. So you need to do that. And I'll come over here and I'll clean up these skulls because that's what I can do. Right. I like that kind of thing. Cause we're all talking it out. Mansions of madness is like, Oh, I have better of this. So let me go do the skill check instead. Uh, you, you do feel like you're playing the character, right. but you're not. You're it's, I think for me right there is the wash because you're both getting into your characters. You have your ability. You know what you're good at. I have my ability. I know what I'm good at. We're getting that immersiveness when it comes to that. It's like, oh, God, these wolves keep coming after me. Dom, can you come take care of these? Because I can't fight them in clean skulls. So Yeah, I I get what you're saying. But, like, you're saying, it's like, hey, can you come do this? Because I can't clean skulls or fight them, right? Yeah. But you're talking about the mechanism. That's not... It's like no, I'm, I, I can't your, I your can't clean up this right, but I mean like what I'm saying is that I don't feel like I'm delving a dungeon or my character is like like finding the, these new things. It's like oh I'm removing pieces from the board that are I don't want too many pieces. Like it's you, you can call it you're getting rid like if I'm removing no, the scars, but like, you're getting rid of the corruption right. I know you can call it that. That's what it's called. But yeah. that's but I doesn't feel like that's like all these towns are being corrupted uh, no. by the absurdity. No, I I felt it better than you did because I'm just sitting there like, oh I, god, that's a river of fire. I don't want to go over there. Right. I mean, well, that that part's pretty good. But no, but I'm saying is that like, or like when the the thing is like when you drop it in there and you get that intense like, oh god, what's gonna happen now? You get that yeah. that feeling. That's what I'm saying. Was like. You get both of that in both of those games. You do. I just feel like in Mansions of Madness, you get it so much more. You get it when it comes to the category best, yes. But the player interaction, I think they're both equal in that player interaction aspect of it. I'll give you a watch. We're not going to see eye to eye, but I do feel Mansions of Madness. And here comes the memorable moments. That's yes. the, the big thing there is both of them have that Massive memorable, memorable moment. moments. Yeah. yeah. With the skull like falls in there and you're like... Oh god! Oh god! It's turning over here. I know it's there. And then you get the part that has the piece out, and all the skulls just yeah. Fall on that you. that's an amazing moment. <laughs> yeah, but, then, but you feel like, like I mentioned earlier when yeah. you're playing Mansions of Madness, when you're getting chased by that horde, you yes. feel that intensity. Mm -hmm. So it's just like game immersion. I think only goes because of the category yes. part of it. I Which think one integrates the app better? Yeah, yeah, for game immersion and really fantasy flight. They 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 knock it out of the they park. really do so. Yeah, that would that, be... So it's 1-1 one, one right now. 1-1, one, one. yep. Uh, which one's easier? I don't think either one of them are good in the familiarity I, mechanism. I think easier is Mansions. And that's just because Mansions, your choice is literally um, either move, fight, or interact. Yeah, and that's pretty much... Uh, yeah. You have a little bit nuanced in Return yeah. of Dark Tower in that part. Which, in Return of Dark Tower, yeah, you, you could do... 
interaction with some buildings. You can move and split it. Yeah. You can interact with different things in different ways. Yeah. But certain buildings might matter or certain things that you interact with changes. And you can this, upgrade your items here, matter stuff. You can do over here. Your advantages, dif yeah. different things. I think it's a much better system. The, yeah. I don't disagree with you on but that simplicity, part. I think. And then also, you have the dice roll in the bazaar. <laughs> when you're interacting with the shopping, it's like... Hey, you don't have to. Or you don't have to, but I'm like, there's also that. I like that bartering, yeah. That's fun. Um, uh, likelihood to get to the table. This right. one's tough for me, because there's people who will not touch Mansions right. of Madness because of what it's based on. Right. And and those people have every right not to, mm -hmm. but at the same... For the same number of people who refuse Views, that, there's, there's that many people who are enamored with everything H.P. Lovecraft. But in all honesty, when we're calling the mechanism or theme, those are just examples. When you bust that that tower, people, it's true. It's got people are great be, table presence. Oh, I want to play that. Game. Yeah, yeah. But so, then I've had more people say like how much more complicated it looks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, so that's the thing. It's like. And so just for me, just because of everybody's familiarity with HP Lovecraft lore, I think I it slightly wins there, right? Which would give it ease of play. Yep. But honestly, for me, that tower is just yes. meaningful choice. I think goes to Return to Dark Tower. Oh yeah, much okay. more. That was easy. Because the so, thing about it is too is. It's still Mansions of Madness. You're beholden to dice rolls. Right. You're, all your checks are dice rolls in. They have to be usually, I think, and this one is symbols. I don't know if there's numbers. I can't remember. But you're, if it's any, or the Arkham Horror, they got to be a five or a six. So you have a two out of six right. chance. And sometimes you need two uh, positives. Two hits, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So replay it all value. boils down to replay value. Neither of them scale well. <laughs> no, both of them They're are both wrong. Long. They both have a, no, a lot of minimum yeah, number of no plays, plays. And they both have... A, Expansion. Well, well no, there's they both three, have expansions. Three expansions for, um, or no, two or three expansions for Return to Dark or not Return to Dark. If you include the minis. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, Mansions of Madness. Oh yeah, okay. There's two or three. I know for a fact there's two gameplay expansions. One of them is on Kickstarter right, right now. They've said they're probably going to come up with more stuff because they're also integrating stuff into the app as well. Sure. Yeah. And then the variability when it comes to all that um, as well. So, I don't know. I think it's a wash. That's I think it's a wash. Yeah. Uh, so, that, so, it's 2-2. Two, two. we got to go to the fan vote. Let's give it a little quick refresh here. Refresh. Refresh. Oh, Sir, what kind of about, websites are... Uh, uh, hello, we're talking about Mansions of Madness and Return to Dark Tower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a hunk of hunk of burning flesh. Our Return to Dark Tower is sitting at 19%. A Mansions of Madness moves on at 32%. Mom! Alright. That hurts me a little. Burning flesh. <laughs> I know. I prefer Return to Dark Tower, but we can't overstate... No, no, no. What Mansions of Madness does. Yeah, we can't. There's a reason it keeps climbing up on our list. And it's a reason it has such a following. Bias aside. Now, this next one. This is going to be tough for me. Because these are two very different games. That's Lord of the Rings, Journey in Middle-Earth versus Detective, a modern crime board game. All right, who's going? Let's find out. Coin of... Ouch. I'm starting us off. You get... Uh, detective. Okay. 
I feel like I can make a really solid case for this. I do think we'll we'll have to break it down either way because oh, yeah, they are yeah, different enough where it's they do different interesting. Things, yeah. But app integration is obviously or not app, but technology integration in this it doesn't reveal the storyline to you. You that is an integral part of your job as a detective. Yep. It doesn't get much more immersive than that. I don't feel. I feel like I'm a Lord of the Rings character. I really feel like I'm a detective and detective. Working with game, other detectives. Game immersion is absolutely legit. Like you would talk logic, you would talk reasoning, you would talk evidence, you would talk all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's really on point. Yep. Um, between the games themselves, um, they are both scenario driven. Uh, one, you can replay scenarios over and over. Whereas the other one, detective, um, once you know, you already know. Like it's, Mm-hmm. It's unfortunately consumable. That's that's the biggest downfall to it, is that there's five scenarios in the base pack. There are easy expansions for it. Um, there's upgraded parts, and it's a fantastic package. And man, this was one of the most immersive games I've ever played. And I stand by it 100%. I, I personally would like to see this move on. Now, I, I'm not saying I think it should move on. I personally would like to see it move on. Because of how much I've really enjoyed my time with it. Um, other than what I've said already, there's not too many detractors to the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the map. Uh, I really like how you are limited in the amount of time you have. Okay. Because that forces the players to think rationally. They're like, look, we're not going to have enough time to do everything that we want all in one day. There's just not enough hours. If this was a 40-hour day, a lot easier to do oh, yeah, yeah. everything we wanted. But no, it's an eight-hour day. You work during your time, and you can do overtime if you need. Um, it's tough, but you can do it. But at the same time, man, it's so, so immersive. Yeah, no, I get you that. It And the mechanisms are solid, like getting the evidence files, looking through databases. Trying to find clues on security videos. Trying to find videos. clues on security videos. Yeah, it's just everything that this does, does it well. Yeah. And I... Whole, I bought the expansions blind going, yep, I'm in, because i played all these, and I've liked every single one of them so far. Alright, so I gotta talk about Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth. And it it's such a good game for what it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do feel like you're playing a Lord of the Rings game. But, and at the end of the day, it does fix stuff for Mansions of Madness, but it does a lot of the stuff Mansions of Madness already does. Yes. Mm-hmm. But why fix what isn't broken? <laughs> the the thing it fixes, the dice rolls, get rid of them, card play. So it you it's not like a blind card draw. You get to actually kind yeah, of yeah, manipulate which, how, yeah. how it works. I love that. It does give me a feel that I am in Middle Earth. I'm playing this character. It gives yep. you some characters from the show, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So the time frame that Journeys of Middle Earth. Journeys in Middle-Earth takes place is between The Hobbit and Lord, and Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, you get some of the characters. They got some new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's good. It does a lot of good things. When right. it comes to, like, which one would more than likely get to the table, this one would be my hit pick, hands down, when it comes to likelihood to get to the table because yeah. the Lord of the Rings following. Meaningful choice, though... There's a lot of choices in there, but you have to be smart of how you play. I love the app integration in this one. 
I love the production value in this one. I think that's yes. another one that it does through the roof. But again, Fantasy Flight, that's what they do. That's what they do. And they did, they did fix the, the, the minis thing that they yep. had a problem yep. with Mansions of Madness with the stands and stuff like that. So it does a lot of things. However, uh, for me personally, I think Detective should move on because while you were talking about your discussion, I was trying to figure out what I think would be the the one that would go on by going through the criteria because I have it in front of me and I'm sitting there like it's going to win two out of the three uh, Journeys of Middle Earth there's one expansion if I remember or Journeys well real quick let me point out two or two flaws one with each game okay um, that I feel is they're minor but they are it's worth noting okay first Lord of the Rings um, the big thing is when you're fighting monsters there is no way to delineate one monster from another if you have multiple units in one space. Mm -hmm. So if I'm attacking like a wolf, it, technically only the board tells me which wolf I'm fighting. And then since it's handled through the app and it's keeping track of it, there's no easy way to tell which wolf is which. Yeah. And so if you've previously damaged a wolf, I might get that confused with a different one. That's a, that's a fundamental problem in that. Yeah, and they, they could fix that, but they haven't. Right. Whereas in Detective, the, the finale of each of the scenarios is you have to go through a series of questionnaires, mm -hmm. and it will rank you. And the first couple chapters that we played, you feel really dumb. dumb. You and, and that's like that's the point. Like I, I know you're not supposed to feel smart about it, but you don't you don't know what you're looking for until at least scenario three. Yeah, and, the, the and that's, about... that is a bit detracting from the enjoyment of the scenario. Yeah. Is like, wow, it's like now like to a... take a pop quiz and let's see how you do. It's like the that's. It's kind of like a, what is it, the Sherlock Holmes detective agency or right. something like that. Exactly. It makes you feel stupid even though you think you did okay. Right, you can feel like you did a lot better than you did. And I remember the first two scenarios. We debated whether we we're going to continue out to the third, mm -hmm. and I pushed us, and we ended up loving it. But that was a really big thing that we were like, "Man, like we love the game, but we hate these quizzes at the end." No, I get it. Um, so, with that being said, I do think we should break it down just yeah. to make sure. And that's what I was saying uh, when I was going through it. Okay. So you have ease of play. I think that's Lord of the Rings. I agree. Um, and I think art and production is Lord of the Rings as well. That the app is great for the graphic design, but between the art and the pieces and components, I just the think pieces are better in, in Lord, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I agree with that. The uh, art's okay, but it's mainly just the graphic design. I think is better in Detective. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yep. However, I think the replay value is better in Detective because you have the the L.A. one, you have the the campaign one that just came out, the the which right, is the Rob three. Davio. Yeah, you also um, have uh, the detective or Batman that's coming out on this one. Right. So it has all those. You, I think there's only like one expansion that I can think of, maybe two now for Lord of the Rings. But I haven't yeah. heard any news for the Lord of the Rings, right. and they just had Gen Con. Right. Uh, the big thing that they announced there was like a Star Wars deck building game. So it's just cool. like, yeah, it doesn't. Okay. The, uh, get that. Minimum never plays the full experience. Both of them are campaigns games, so I think right. that's just a wash there. Yeah. Both of them are very long, so I just think in the expandability, I think Detective wins replay value. I would call it a wash. All right, wash it is. It's because I think that there are more scenarios in Lord of the Rings than the five that are in the base. Um, I think so, but I, I don't know. It's been a while since I played it. Yeah. So. I mean, the, so 
Minimum number of plays for full experience is five only. No matter what, it's five. Whereas Lord of the Rings, you can replay. All right, we're calling and, it a wash. Yeah, choice. I, Hands down, it is. Yeah, it, that's tough, <laughs> yeah. honestly, between the two. It's hard to say, but one, one, and a wash. Meaningful right. choice. Uh, no, it's not one to one. It's two to now one meaningful choice detective because easy oh, yes. play is meaningful choice detective. Yeah. So which one? Uh, so meaningful choice, I say, goes to um, detective. Detective. I agree with that. Yeah. Which one do you think is better in the game immersion side of it? I know my pick. Player interaction, you really do feel like you're a detective. Mm -hmm. Memorable moments. Yeah, detective. So we're uh, it's a tie. Okay. Fan vote is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, I and I agree with everything you said. That that's so hard to to compare those two just because of how they work. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because now we're gonna compare the two games that are on the same system. Let's first uh, <laughs> say the number of votes for the other ones, and then we'll make short work of this. Okay, Return to Dark Tower was at 19%. Uh, that was the, the first one eliminated this round and was our sixth seed. It's actually one of our higher vote-getters, too. And then finally, Chronic oh, not Chronicles, Detective, a modern crime board game, was a 3% vote. Which is a darn shame, honestly. Honestly, I think it's it's too heady for a lot of people, and I think that's the issue with it. Right. Um, so our final round is, again, we don't take sides on this. We simply break down the categories, which I don't think there'll be much deliberation between this, because our final round is Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition and Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth. Daniel, can I just flat out say it? Go ahead. My opinion. Go ahead. Lord of the Rings. I wouldn't disagree with you, but I'm going to go through the breakdown like we normally okay. do. Um, when it comes to ease of play, Lord of the Rings. Lord, well. Lord of the Rings. Dice rolls are easier than, than not, but there's no puzzlery in that, whereas mm -hmm. Mansion of Madness has puzzlery. So, okay, ease of play, Lord of the Rings. Replay value is Mansions of Madness. Mansions of Madness. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, game immersion. Uh, we'll go back to art and production. Hands down, Lord of the Rings because they fixed some of the flaws in yes. Mansions of Madness. So I'm just yep. going with like There's the no easier, fan. yep, ones first. Uh, meaningful choice for me is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings because of the di the only real difference between the two, the card is play. the card play mm -hmm. versus dice, which hands down. right now has Lord of the Rings winning. But which one? I I just want to hear this. Which one do you think is more immersive? I mean, they're both really good. Um, now, in and this is just from the plays that I've played. I do think Mansions of Madness is probably a little more immersive just because of how wild the stories are. Or in some of the sets, like I, I talked about uh, yeah. the when you're running away from that mob, you do feel that intensity. Right. You know what it gives me is I don't I mention this a lot, but it gives me like that fuse feel when you're playing with the right. personality. And mode, it's really intense when it's yeah. yelling at sure. you. <laughs> Yep, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Or Hanabi for that matter. Right. <laughs> the stress, the I'll, adrenaline. I'll give a game immersion, absolutely. But that still doesn't let it win. So, in a surprise shocker, yep. Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-Earth, wins out the best digital-based yeah, hybrid no, I don't, game. I, uh, the thing is, everybody says it. 
Mansions of Madness did something well. Lord of the Rings just built upon it. So, yep. Either way, it's theme that everybody congratulations, likes. Fantasy Flight. And right. For once, Mansions <laughs> exactly. of Madness kind of got uh, ups, unseated by something. Now, if Detective moved on, do you think it would have unseated Mansions of Madness? Uh, I, I would give it meaningful choice. Yes. Game Immersion, I would have given it. Game Immersion would be tough because when we're talking about like best fitting it, I think that right there with Detective would win. But like the yeah. memorable moments and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that would be for me, Mansions of Madness, just because some of the stuff that happens mm-hmm. in it. Like, like I said, you haven't played that scenario. You no, I know. I need to play that that one scenario, but you, you haven't, haven't played the other four, and those are felt, even better. But you haven't felt that intensity. True. Your heart is going. Well, again, <laughs> you still need a finished detective. It's really good. Production, I would give to Mansions of Madness. Agreed. Uh, other than graphic design, because I think the computer integration yes. from Detective is just Agreed. through the roof. But ease of play, uh, that probably would have been Mansions of Madness. Mansions of Madness. Yeah. And then, but replay value, oh, well. Both yeah, that's a good question. So, Mansions yeah. of Madness probably would have won. Still one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lord of the Rings, Journeys of Middle-Earth. Wow, what an episode, man. Yeah. This is fun. I really like it. Uh, it just It shows you where app integration or digital hybrid is coming into board yes. games. And we couldn't be more excited to see <laughs> oh, about, yeah. I'm about happy the future. With it. Anything more detective. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just anything with like good app integration because Dark Tower, Return to Dark Tower did an amazing job. Stop Thief did a really good job with yeah. it. So I really enjoy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Search for Planet X could be fixed a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they could do to fix it. Like, but it's just to but the thing make is, it more fun. The cryptid, cryptid does a lot what Search for Planet X does. Mm-hmm. Easier, simpler. And you still get that logic puzzle because... And you don't need the app. What? Yeah. And one of my clues, my clue was it had to be three places between a certain color object. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy's clue was it had to be within two spaces of a bear uh, territory. <laughs> um, what is it? The, and then the other two clues were about territories. So okay. there's only one correct spot based on everybody's clues. And so it's just kind of like how you're trying to get that logic out there. But that's how simple it was. It was just those four clues narrowed it down for everybody. I didn't have to worry about, okay, these asteroids over here or this planet and next to this planet and putting those in the proper spots. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. So it did so well. And, but all in all, all of these are really good. Detective did really well. I like Chronicles of Crime just because it's, like I said, it's more fun. Yeah. And that aspect, but I love Detective for what it does. Unlocked, great escape room card games. Yes. Both Lord of the Rings and Mansions of Madness really pull out that theme. Return to Dark Tower, you're just in awe of everything it's doing. And on top of all of them, Box One. Box One, yeah. <laughs> Box One is Would have so won. Good. Yeah. Had yeah. it been on the list. No. Probably would, but it, we had to be very careful when we were debating it just because right. of spoilers. Don't say so much, right. Well, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you ever want to join us on a live episode, oh, I'll, I'll be bringing that up. Oh, yeah, if you ever join us on a live episode, join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. As well as you can find all uh, video up uploads at YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not. 
like the video, a comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject, as well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. If you want to email us directly, whether it's to enter a contest, <laughs> hint, hint, which will be starting probably next week, mm-hmm. or if you want to say hi or even give us ideas for future episodes, please email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can get us in contact with us at our, our Twitter account, at EVG Podcast. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.